0: Well, peace on earth, the angels declared. What does peace look like to you? I know for me, I, I know that we often just tend to think of our happy place, don't we? When We think about peace. For me, it's, it's when my kids are content and getting along and when they're listening well and obeying. And they may be chattering some, but otherwise our house is quiet as we're winding down for the night. That's one of the happy places. Or I love the outdoors, and so I think of a chilly day in the woods where I'm more aware than any other place of my breathing and my surroundings and my body and my senses. That's another happy place. But Maybe you're more of an extrovert. And so maybe for you, peace, maybe a happy place looks like a room full of people having a good time, satisfied, enjoying each other's company. Maybe it's the plans, it's the preparations, it's everything working out well, maybe better than you could have imagined. It's everyone being together without there being any argument or or ill will or any of that. We all know it when we feel it, don't we? We know it when we're in it, a sense of peace in our lives. But oftentimes it's just moments for us. We have these moments, but they're just that, they're moments. Well, as we zoom out from our own small lives, what about peace on earth for other people? What about peace on earth for a Ukrainian family huddled together as they hear bombing in the distance? Could the angel's message of peace on earth still be the same for them? Or what about for a a Haitian man who's at home in the only neighborhood he's ever known as, as gang gunfire whizzes around in the streets below? Could the angels have brought the same message to him? Or what about to a man who leaves the house to go cool off after a bad fight with a spouse? Could the same angelic message have been true for him? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Well, if it depended on us, then no. But if it depended on God, then yes, it could be true. What the angels declared to the shepherds that night in Bethlehem was a much more profound peace. This peace, it it transcends our, our happy place, our happy moments, our circumstances. Because it's a lasting peace that they announced. It's an enduring peace that they announced that night. Verse 14 of Luke chapter 2, the angels appear to the shepherds, an angel and then a host of angels saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So this birth of Jesus Christ was, was two things. It was first, glory to God, And then it was peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. But it's first glory. Glory to God, praise to God, honor to God, thanksgiving to God. But why was this birth glorious? I mean, after all, so many things around this birth didn't seem particularly glorious. Mary and Joseph were unmarried. The baby Jesus has to be laid in a feeding trough, in a stable, a place that's dirty, where the animals were. This all happens in little old Bethlehem, of all places. So why was it glorious? Well, it was glorious because God proved true. God made good on his promise which all of the law and all of the prophets had pointed to, the promise to send a Savior, a Deliverer, a Messiah. God was was showing that he was faithful to his commitment to this world and to you and to me in doing this. Prophet Isaiah put it this way several hundred years before the time of Christ. Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This, this Messiah, this Jesus, he's not only Savior, he is King. And so this is glorious because he is bringing a new kingdom into this earth. In Jesus, God himself has taken on flesh and God the Son, Jesus Christ. But why? Why does he do it? He does it to secure for you and for me a lasting peace. An enduring peace. A peace not dependent on our circumstances or our trials. So it's first glory to God. Glory to God, and the result is a peace for us. There's so many things in our lives, there's so many things in our world, isn't there, that kind of betray this notion of peace, this promise of peace. There's violence and war and disease and family issues and relational brokenness, all sorts of things that just kind of peel away at the sense that there's Any true peace for us. And all of those broken things that I just mentioned, they've been true of humanity throughout time. Just a few minutes ago, Adam sang for us, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. and This song is based on Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's poem called Christmas Bells. Longfellow was a New Englander, a New England poet, and he writes this poem on Christmas Day, 1863. Longfellow was living in Cambridge, Mass at the time, and he had just tragically lost a wife just a couple of years before he composes this poem, and she's lost in a terrible accident where her dress catches on fire. He tries to put it out, but he's unable to, and he gets badly burned himself in the process of trying. Then, just a few weeks before, he sits down to write this poem. In late November, his oldest son, Charlie, is shot, serving in the Union Army in the Civil War. There's a nation at war. Longfellow is worried about his son who's trying to recover from this near-paralyzing injury. He's still grieving over the loss of his wife, mother of his children. And so it makes sense that when he heard the church bells that, that day in Cambridge in 1863, there was a dissonance in his heart. This, the bells that were ringing the song of the angels, peace on earth, it, it couldn't be. Longfellow isn't feeling it that day. Well, the sixth stanza of his poem says this. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Longfellow carries pain in his heart. There's a country at war, brother against Brother and all of the things surrounding him, they're mocking the sound of the angels. They're mocking, it seems, the message of peace on earth that Christmas day for Longfellow. But the poem goes on, and the song goes on, and the bells go on, and they ring louder and louder in the streets that day. Even as he despairs, the reminder continues to ring out peace on earth. And then we read in this final stanza of the poem. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. This man in such pain, in, in such turmoil, he's able to somehow work out in his heart that regardless of our circumstances, the discord on this earth, that God must be good, that he is just, and that right will prevail. He somehow is able to work through in his heart that that same announcement of the angels to the shepherds that night hadn't been canceled. It hadn't been nullified. It was still true. In the sending of Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate tomorrow, this God who must be just and good offered us an enduring peace, a lasting peace. See, because whether or not we feel it or, or perceive it, the sin and rebellion that lives in all of our hearts puts us at odds with God. It's not what he made us for. It's not consistent with his image in us. The darkness of sin, which is a disease on all of our lives, has estranged us from God. There is an enmity between us and God. Friends, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. And yet God, into this world sends a peace offering to deal with that. You see, the coming of Jesus Christ, which we celebrate, his birth, his ministry, his obedience to the will of the Father, and then his atoning sacrifice on a cross for you and for me, his giving of his own life brought this peace to this earth. But we receive it by faith. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, he says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Friends, this is a peace that assures us that our sin no longer condemns us. It's a peace that assures us that our past no longer defines us. It's a peace that assures us that the grace of God covers your life. It's a peace that assures you that you are not alone. That you were lost, but you are now found. That you may be troubled in the present, but that your future is secure. This is the peace that Jesus brought us. We receive this peace by faith. And as we receive it, it's it's a foretaste of the healing, of the transformation, of the wholeness that God will bring to this earth one day. Friends, tonight you have an opportunity to receive this peace, to receive this enduring peace. If you have received it, celebrate this Christmas. Celebrate for what you have in Christ and rest in it this season. Maybe you're not sure. You're not sure if you have this peace. This doesn't resonate with you. And if that's where you're coming from tonight, open yourself to God. Where you are, in your heart, right where you are, however you came into this place tonight, You can say to God, God, thank you for Jesus Christ. God, I repent of my sin, and I thank you for your forgiveness of my sins, one on the cross. I receive your forgiveness. Now fill my life. As we respond to God in faith like that, through that kind of expression in our heart to him, we receive his forgiveness and we become those on whom his favor rests to get this gift and this promise of peace. Friends, if it's dependent on us, if it's dependent on our circumstances, the message of the angels that night was just talk. But because it depends on God, the message of the angel still rings true. Peace on earth. And that's for you tonight.